And now, Greenlight Reviews, hosted by Ann Elder and Les Roberts. Hello, everybody. Welcome once more to Greenlight Reviews, which is the show on which we talk about the movies and we love talking about the movies. My name is Les Roberts. And I'm Ann Elder. And today, Ann, we're going to discuss a film made from a best-selling novel okay. called The Lovely Bones. Mm-hmm. Alice Siebold. Right. It is directed by Peter Jackson. You recall? Peter Jackson, who directed the three Lord of the Rings films and the 2005 version of King Kong. I hope you're going to remember him for those films because you're not going to remember him for this one. He certainly is a fine director when it comes to epics. Absolutely. He's brilliant, okay? It stars a very young girl. Her name is Sorsha Ronan. She is playing the role of Susie Selman. And she begins narrating the film by saying, When I was 14 years old, I was murdered. Right. So she is narrating this film from heaven or limbo or somewhere. We can't quite figure out where. And she is trying to heal her family who misses her very much. Her father is played by Mark Wahlberg. Right. Her mother is Rachel Weiss. And her grandma, Lynn, is played by Susan Sarandon in one of the most overblown performances I have ever seen her (laughs) give. Well, the whole movie suffers, not just because of Susan Sarandon's awful performance, but let's start with what the movie's biggest problem was for me, and that is that it has a bad case of NCW. That stands for no commitment whatsoever. The director, (laughs) Peter Jackson, and his collaborators, Philippa Boyens and Fran Walsh, can't commit to the kind of movie that they want to make. The intention is off, the style is wrong, and the emotional focus is very, very muddy. I must say, Les, that I think that some novels, and certainly the one that Alice Siebold wrote, need the time for a reader to contemplate the ideas that she presents. And that's why the book was so phenomenally successful. Yes. When you visualize that, it becomes oftentimes a detriment to the original emotional concept of the book. And that's what happens here. There's a gigantic disconnect from Alice Siebold's book and the visualization of it. And I think it's a disastrous movie. I've got to agree with you completely. By the way, The Murderer, and of course we know it from the very beginning, is played by, again, one of my favorite actors, Stanley Tucci. He plays George Harvey, the man who lives a couple of doors down the street from the Salmon family. And Stanley Tucci is almost as bad in this film as is Susan Sarandon. I know. I couldn't believe how his performance, his interpretation of George Harvey, this serial murderer was so without depth and without thought behind it. Well, I thought it was such a farce when the detective who has been assigned to the case spends quite a bit of time interviewing Stanley Tucci's character. And, you know, Tucci might have as well have had the words, hey, I did it, tattooed <laughs> to his forehead. But this detective can't seem to put all the pieces together. You know, miscasting is another big problem in this movie, and almost everyone is off in this film. And I'm going to start again with Mark Wahlberg and Rachel Weisz. You know, both of them are playing real do-good, good guys, good parents, and so on. And whenever Mark Wahlberg takes on that persona, that of a good guy, he bombs. It's not what he does best. He's much better when he plays a tricky and underhanded and kind of sleazy character. Rachel Weisz, all she does is cry hysterically and wander in and out of the movie. 
Susan Sarandon, haven't we seen that sexy grandma bit, you know, the older woman chasing younger men and drinking too much? Smoking too much. Smoking too much. You know, we've seen that in so many bad comedies. And now you stick that same kind of a character into a tragedy and it throws everything off in the film. That's what I'm saying. I couldn't tell whether this movie was supposed to be horrific or, in Peter Jackson's hands, was it to be morbidly humorous. There is a lot of black humor in this film, and it does not work. It doesn't work at all. And, of course, Saoirse Ronan is running around in the other world. Which is made to look like Disneyland. Absolutely. And her new playmates are a bunch of other murdered girls, and they cavort around heaven like mall rats. (laughs) Really? And they tell jokes to each other, and they're kind of laughing and having a good time, and then occasionally one of them mentions, you know, that they were brutally murdered a couple of years before. I mean, wow, is this movie off. It's very much off. I couldn't get at all emotionally involved in it. Listen, I have children. I have a daughter. I have a granddaughter. This kind of film should have me on the floor sobbing, and it didn't. I sat there. I twitched. I shifted in my seat about a million times. I couldn't wait for it to be over. I don't understand why they put kind of jauntiness into the script, that they gave the actors comic bits to do. You know, when the killer finally gets his at the end of the movie, several of the teenagers who were in the audience watching this film stood up and cheered like they were at some kind of a carnival. The tone is so off in this film that you are kind of inspired to cheer at the end and talk back to the movie. It's that terrible. It was terrible. I couldn't believe it was so bad. I couldn't believe that Peter Jackson did this film. Why did he take that approach? Yeah, and it's such an intimate story. It's such a painful story, a tragic story. And he's turned it into a black dramedy. I mean, I don't understand why anybody would take this approach to a movie that deals with the rape and murder of a 14-year-old teenager. Tons of teenagers have seen this movie, and I'm sure they will continue to look at it because it's about kids. So they want to see it, but it gives off all the wrong vibrations. It's a bad movie with a lousy message. It's a terrible movie, and I had great hopes for it before I walked into the theater. And again, within the first couple of minutes, I thought, this isn't going to be very good. This isn't going to be very good. Well, let's do say that the most remarkable person in the film is the wonderful young actor, Sorce Ronan. And I think she's the only one who earns her paycheck. I didn't like the movie, but I think she is a genuinely wonderful actress and a big, big talent. And for her to have to carry this movie, I thought it was an unwelcome burden on such tiny shoulders. But she will survive this mess. As for the rest of them, I don't care to see them in a movie for a long time because I want to forget this film altogether. (laughs) You know, I'm so sorry to have to say this, but if you like Peter Jackson's work, take a look at his epics, and that's the way you should remember him. I don't think his strong suit is making intimate stories, ones that deal with imprecise emotions emotions that follow intense human tragedies. So for all of the reasons that I've been yammering on about for the last few minutes, I'm going to have to give The Lovely Bones a definitive red light. I'm giving it a red light to go along with your red light. I want to see Saoirse Ronan do something else. Remember that name because I hope she's going to be around. She will, Les. She's a genuine talent. When she could play somebody's Mm -hmm. grandmother. (laughs) Two bad red lights for Peter Jackson's The Lovely Bones. 
Well, we're going to see another movie. We're going to talk about it some more. It's got to be better than The Lovely Bones. It's got to be. I certainly hope so, because even when we see a bad movie, we love talking about it. That's what we do. And unfortunately, they're not all green lights. Well, until we talk to you again, my name is Les Roberts. I'm Ann Elder. And Greenlight Reviews hopes that we're going to run into you guys milling around in the lobby, having a great time, and looking forward to going in and seeing a great movie. You've watched them in unforgettable adventures, love affairs, and tragedies. Now it's time to hear their own remarkable stories. From the makers of Death of a Rockstar and Death of a Sports Star, this is Death of a Film Star. Starring Heath Ledger, Marilyn Monroe, Chadwick Boseman, Robin Williams, Carrie Fisher, and Bruce Lee. Search for Death of a Film Star in your podcast app. You've seen them tell stories. Now it's time to tell theirs.